Full disclosure, we reserve the right to change our opinion when presented with new information or just whenever we feel like it. Please don't take our opinions that seriously. Oh, also note, any and all guests we have on our podcast are not representative of our personal opinions. We always share our opinions on this podcast, but we also want to hear yours. Join in on the conversation. Be sure to follow us on Twitter for live tweeting every Thursday, the day a new episode airs, and share your thoughts with us. Also, it would really help us out if you rated us on Apple Podcasts. Okay, now let's discuss. Wow, do we have such a cool episode for you all today. We have a super special guest that might blow your mind when he lets you in on all the juicy details on what it really takes to run for governor of California. Things are about to get political up in here. Britt and I are getting all the electoral tea when we interview the college student who is running for governor of California in the state's recall election. This is a two-part episode, but don't worry. Part two will air next Thursday, September 2nd. Of course, our patrons will get early access to the full episode. Join the unpopular community today exclusively on Patreon. All right, let's dive right into this episode. Yeah, so basically there was this cringe boomer who emailed me. And so while I was waiting outside, I was just responding back to that email. And that email was so cringe. It was, John, I have been teaching for 35 years. I see you are studying political science. Good for you. Is it a joke that your name is on the booklet for candidates running for governor? What experience can you possibly have to make decisions that will affect millions of people? What experience do you have to manage a budget of billions of dollars? Do you have any military experience since you will be in charge of, of the National Guard? The decisions the governor makes can, uh, can be the difference between life or death for many people. This is not a joke. You have a cute smile. Is that what you're running on? Take your name off the ballot. You show great disrespect to the people of this state. I have a son your age. Shame on your parents if they are in on this. So my response <laughs> uh, was swift and, <laughs> and quite honest, brutally <laughs> honest for him. Uh, this state has elected war criminals, rapists, celebrities, and multimillionaire self-interested pieces of garbage. And you're wondering about my age? The experienced politicians who have run this state have run it into the ground and have utterly destroyed it for the next generation. Pardon me if I don't care about your opinion on my age or experience. The standard you're trying to hold me to is inconsistent with literally every governor of the past 50 years. It's either nepotism, inexperience, or self-interest. If the experience you're referring to at all relates to any of the governors of the past five decades, I will gladly wing it. I couldn't possibly do any worse of a job. Heart. It's the heart at the end. It's, 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 it's the heart. heart. Yeah. <laughs> but to add to the cringe, the, the cute smile part was a little weird yeah. thrown in there. Well, he's probably talking. <laughs> um, well, it was like all this hate, and then it was like, but cute smile, yeah. though. <laughs> well, actually, actually, um, I used to do like short-winded responses, so I have another one like right here where this woman said, um, please think about dropping out for governor. Your chance is slim, and if you truly love... California, let's all get behind Larry Elder. Thank you. So I said, Ooh. fuck you with that emoji that looks like the, oh, the nails. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I oh, just no. Uh, 
What, what a fun yeah. world we live in. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, oh, well, wow. well, my entire Twitter and Instagram tends yeah. to just rail against boomers. <laughs> but, like, like, I am, like, I even have a bumper sticker out there, and it got pretty popular. I had to take it down. Oh, no. because, because I had an advisor who was like, Look, we are we, boomers. Actually, show up to the polls. yeah. They're gonna uh, yeah, like, yeah. It's, 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 you know, it, it used to be boomers can suck it. <laughs> are they the main ones who are like? Yes. Probably, okay. Yeah. But they also probably main. can go vote. So sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, 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 continue. What? <laughs> no, they probably have the time to go vote. Yeah. yeah. Because we're at work. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Well, no. That's well, well, what my biggest say. issue with boomers is that literally millennials and Gen Z are like the biggest workforce in America right now. Yet we only control five percent of the wealth, and why is it that way? Because they rigged the system. They, they mooch off their own parents, and then when they and then when their parents ran out of money, they changed the system to benefit themselves, mm. and then they gave nothing to us. And they wonder why is it that we are so interested in a, in self care? Maybe it's because we have no money to actually give us joy. We're stressed. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're stressed out. Stressed. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like like they used to be able to afford a house working like at a gas station yeah. and a restaurant. We have to like we have to like do a lot more than five that. jobs, like yeah. ten careers, and that's just to have an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> with roommates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and, and 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 so that's like literally what my entire campaign is, is like literally on. Yeah. It's basically just affordable housing, education, and healthcare. Like, like like those are the three things that matter because because like everything else will fall into place. Crime once you tackle education, that will solve itself. Homelessness once you tackle housing, that will solve itself. And it, it's and healthcare. Most people in California go bankrupt because they don't have health care. Yeah, so like I feel like if, if as long as we can solve these and go at it very smart, then I think we're fine. But the problem is, is that every mainstream candidate who's a mainstream candidate is only a mainstream candidate because the media said they are. Yeah. If they actually gave me a voice, like like here's the it's weird how much support I've gotten considering like I've had like very little press coverage. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. uh, but, but because I've gotten so much like uh, have you guys been on TikTok lately? Not lately. Uh, we were like, okay. so, what is it called? Elder millennial? Elder that millennial. might be my, myself. <laughs> okay. Well, so, so on Twitter, uh, uh, not Twitter, on TikTok, I've blown up because someone, because I have awesome merch. I love my merch shop. Oh, we need to see where we're yeah. so, 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 I noticed this <laughs> wait, wait for it. Wait for it. That's Big great. Governor of California, <laughs> submissive and breedable. Oh and, and I have copy written that. That's so funny. <laughs> I, and, and, I love it. Yeah, and because of that video, my campaign blew up so quickly. Oh my god! But like, I've gotten like a, a ton of um, support from young people. That's um, awesome. They invited me to places like Santa Barbara to speak to them. It was like really cool. Like and um, and so because of that, because I just gained such quick traction, yeah. I've been interviewed by ABC7, um, the Bay Area, I got into the San Diego Tribune, oh, LA wow. Times, and uh, the San Luis Obispo Tribune, like, be yeah. because I have to actually market myself. Yeah. And <laughs> so. Do you, um, so it kind of leads me to one of the questions we're kind of going to go maybe mm -hmm. a little bit out, but do you think that, because, you know, you're... Yeah. You're very young. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think that's like kind of helping you? Yeah, I would say it's really helping me. Just um, I know like young people don't tend to usually go out and vote, um, but I think that the thing that's such a motivating factor on this is that for the, for the most part, 
how the government has been structured is that we're not taking like our voice is not taken into account in anything um everyone wants to make decisions but they don't see how it affects our generation so you have older people in office like 50 and up who i hate to say won't live in the next 40 years so the decisions they make today won't affect them but it's definitely going to affect us and i think younger people are kind of tired of always being blamed for everything but also getting the short end of the stick so me starting a campaign, me going out there and running for literally the highest office in the country, well, technically actually in the country because California, because the United States relies on California. <laughs> but, you know, well, well, well he, like here's the thing, here's a fun fact. If California left the union, the US dollar would, would absolutely um, collapse. Wow. Um, uh, all the red states, they are all subsidized by the state of California. Hmm. The majority of the agriculture comes from California, and once California leaves, that'd be like Texas would be like, "Why can't we leave? We're leaving." We're <laughs> They'd be like, like, "We've been trying to leave." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and so the entire dissolution of the United States basically it basically That's breaks on, on on California. So me running for that position and people being like, "Oh my God, we might actually have a voice at the table. We might actually be able to do this or that, even if it's just for a year." Because the recall, um, yeah. um, the governor is only there for a year, yeah. but that's just like enough. For people to be like, oh my god, I want to see him in yeah. office. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's things that I could do even in that one year that would be amazing. So, like, for instance, Newsom has actually a healthcare bill that would actually um, expand healthcare um, throughout California to more people and, and uh, reduce, like, some of the restrictions that you need in order to obtain it. Yeah. It's been on his year for a year. It's been on his desk for a year and a half. Mm. He hasn't signed it. Day one, I'd go and I'd just sign it because, like, there's no point. There's no point in holding the healthcare yeah. away from people. Yeah. yeah look, and honestly, this campaign, it's completely grassroots um, funded. Yeah. There's no PAC money coming in. There's no corporate money coming in. Everything, all the money I have made has come from voters and supporters. And I think being able to get into office with just that. Yeah. That might motivate people. It's one of the reasons why Bernie Sanders was so popular. Yeah. Because it's saying, look, we're not bought by anyone. Mm-hmm. We don't care about your interest. Fuck your interest. Yeah. I don't care about I don't, I don't care about your company. Yeah. I, I'm here to represent the people. Yeah. Question though. So why do you think it sat on his desk for this long? It's so the problem is, um, like everything in, in California, is that you have lobbyists and you have special interests controlling much of politics. And one of the biggest industries that would be hurt if if you expand more Medicare to other people, make it more affordable and everything, private insurers lose out on that money. And when private insurers lose out, they end up losing business. And because they lose business, they can't make as big of a profit margin. Newsom is still a multi-millionaire even when he came into office. And that's my biggest problem is that every single person, even on the debate stages, um, every mainstream candidate has, has been a multi-millionaire when they've got, gotten into office. And they've been multi-millionaires since um, around the 50s. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so they don't have this incentive to actually use the office to benefit constituents. They use the office to benefit themselves. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or they try and make policies. Um, so like even if you're poor um, 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 before you get into office, um, if you ever have money going into office, so like let's say Kevin pa- Paprath, leading Democrat, mm-hmm. who's basically a Republican with a with a Democrat ticket, um, <laughs> he used to be poor, like like extremely poor. Yeah. He made multi millions of dollars. He's a real estate mm-hmm. um, broker. Um, the biggest problem with him, because he's in real estate now, mm-hmm. yes, he came from money, but you think he's going to support statewide rent control? 
Mm-mm. You think he's going to support anything that might actually lower the housing um, market? No, he's going to support things that he would find beneficial to him now. Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest problem with, with having people who used to be poor, now, now rich, still running for office. Mm-hmm. I am com- still poor. It's not, because, <laughs> not, it's not because I can't make money. Right, right. It's because, it's because I'm young, I'm still trying to learn, but I, I also still want to help my constituents the best I can without any external influence. Yeah. And a lot of people always talk about experience. But experience, but, but anyone can, in my opinion, anyone can learn the job of governor if they have the right people in place to help them out with it. Yeah. Um, but once you're like sort of encroached in greed and self-interest, you're stuck there. Yeah. And it, that's nearly impossible to unlearn. Even, even Bernie Sanders sort of faced that because, because he ended up buying, I think it's like, he had now has three houses and it's like, why do you have three houses? <laughs> uh, and, and, and he was like, well, like everyone in Vermont has three houses. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so, so I get it. I get it. But at the same time, I think, I think not going in with any shackles of sort of, yeah. uh, I have money. I want to defend it. I think that's okay. Because I come from a low income household. I, and so I actually understand what the experiences yeah. most people deal with. Most people that yeah. are in, yeah. Is that called like golden handcuffs? Is that what that like, once you kind of make the money, then you're yeah. kind of tied to yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Basically yeah. because you don't want to yeah. lose it because, because part of the American culture is consumer culture. And part of that consumer culture is just, uh, it's either, uh, it's either obtaining things or it's obtaining more wealth. Mm-hmm. And once you finally get a hold of that wealth ladder, uh, the American dream is to keep making more or, or not losing it. Yeah. Protecting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but then when you translate that into government, when you make government a for on it, when you organize government on a for-profit basis, you're not doing anything to actually help those in need. You're doing everything you can in order to make it the biggest profit um, for either yourself or for the state to spend on mm-hmm. stupid projects like the speed rail. Like I was actually in, in my car earlier today, well, like, have, like talking about the speed rail um, because I'm going to have to discuss this with, with um, a news reporter. And um, they're like, what, why do you want to defund the speed rail? Phase one, of, it's like a three-phase thing. Phase one won't be completed until 2029. Really? Yeah, it's not going to be completed until 2029. I've been hearing about this forever. I know. <laughs> we're, we're already over $100 billion into it. Um, um, we're still going into, into 2029 with it. Um, and it's like... Okay, why not? Why not? We just cut off the speed rail for the time being, invest in things like in, in, in housing infrastructure, mental health, um, drug rehabilitation, jobs and standard programs in order to create preventative measures to homelessness. And once we tackle and solve that, then we can start worrying about dream projects. We can start worrying about all this extra crap that, um, that yeah. Makes us stand out. Like, like that was the whole thing of the speed rail is to help us stand out. I mean, yeah. it shouldn't cost us much money. Japan um, ha- has, I think, like three speed rails, and, and, and they're more mountainous and, and densely populated than we are. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, so wait, hundred billion with a B? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I just had to double billion. check. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're over, stop. Yeah. We We're over hundred billion dollars, and so when these people start to try and email me, like. How will you manage an economy with billions of dollars? Well, by not investing in stupid projects. How about that? Getting your priorities. Yeah, yeah get, basically. And, and, and Joel Ventresca, he was a, he's progressive from um, um, uh, San Francisco. And I really liked his ideas and, and, um, and the things he stood for. The reason why I'm running against him is because they're all talking points. He doesn't actually have a plan on how to pay for anything, mm-hmm. how to set up the um, foundation to implement these policies. And that's the thing I do have that a lot of other people <laughs> don't have. They're always like, we, we will, we, uh, this is what pisses me off about the Republicans. They're always like, 
oh, let's cut taxes, but then we're going to do border security. We're going to solve homelessness. Well, you just took out all the taxes. How are you going to do that? How are you going to solve homelessness? Oh, with the churches? You mean, like, we're not taxing them now and they're still doing nothing. I'm sorry if I don't trust the churches to actually deal with homelessness. And, and, and if we did, what, then why do we even have a government? Like, like, like the government is meant to provide for the, for the general welfare and, yeah. of people. Yeah. If we're leading it to the churches, why are we even organized as a government anyway? Yeah. And, but then Republicans are like, well that's, the, that, well, that's the real thing. There should be no government. I'm like, eat a dick. <laughs> like, 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 like I, you want no government? Go to Somalia. That's no government for you. <laughs> It'd be pure chaos. Oh, yeah, no Especially in California. We can't even handle like. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no. I, I mean, the way we, like yeah. COVID when we when we first got it, we saw how people acted um, yeah. before it got even t- terrible. And so imagine if you had no government to be like, hey, let's not kill each other in a store. <laughs> like, like that's the whole reason why no one was trampling each other. Like I've yeah. seen, like I've seen those um, movies like when a pandemic happens, people are killing each other in the store to get things. Like yeah, that's anarchy. Yeah. 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 Well, we saw something similar oh, did you? in the early days like i saw so many videos of people fighting oh. over you know the oh, last yeah. roll of toilet paper or just the to- those were really bad oh, times God. like that first month yeah. i saw so many like articles of people fighting and getting yeah it was yeah. really dark it, it was basically like a worse version of um black friday at a walmart mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, there it, was an extra layer of panic that like yeah. really matt like, yeah it, it, it really wasn't matters so much, like time. i wanted because it'll make me feel but it was more like I want it because I feel like I'm going to die with that. Yeah, person. and I don't have food at home. Yeah, it was yeah. a doomsday yeah. panic. And see, that's the thing. Um, what kind of scares me is that we don't have a system in place to actually um, prepare us for something that might be even bigger than this. Mm-hmm. Like California used to have a sort of emergency fund mm-hmm. um, that was set up for giant things like natural disasters mm-hmm. that may hit yeah. or, um, it, it, or um, for things like a pandemic that, yeah. that used to exist. Yeah. But the problem was, was that for every single inconvenience, the government saw that as this giant catastrophe, so they kept pulling from it. And so when we finally had something like COVID happen, we, the, the entire bank was literally empty. We had no backup reserves. And that money was actually meant to stimulate the economy in case, in case the economy crashed. It was meant to keep circulation going. Mm-hmm. And, and, and actually, I think the entire system actually was dissolved like back in 2007. Um, so, like, what I want to do is I kind of want to bring that back, yeah. um, Cal- the California Emergency Relief Is that what this is, the CERF? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I call it SERF. SERF. I was oh going to say, God. I'm like, that's like very so- California. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> um, so- very on SERF city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So, I want to bring that back, and, and what it will basically do is take 10% of all taxes collected and just put it in there, and you don't touch it, because the problem is, is that when you touch it for every inconvenience, and I'm talking about, like, San Andreas inconvenience. Like, like if that thing yeah. goes, then mm-hmm. you can touch it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is it if or when? I don't yeah. know. Like, <laughs> people keep telling me like, oh, it's going to happen like next year. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I've been hearing that since I was like a kid. I know. Like, and I'm like, it's either going to happen now or it's not going yeah. to ever do it. Yeah. Or, or, or if it does, then it'll be when I'm dead. Like at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like Yosemite. Did you hear? It, it might, it might explode. Well, then the whole world's doomed and it doesn't even matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. Yeah. If Yosemite goes up in flames, it, everyone in the United States is dead. Are you serious? Well, yeah, because um, the ash cloud I actually, well, any, there's a perimeter around um, Yosemite where it's just instant death. And I think that encompasses all of like Idaho, um, Montana, 
parts of Oregon and Washington, Wyoming, Colorado, uh, North and South Dakota, and Nebraska. And then you have the second layer of, of ash where it's just ash poisoning. And, and, and that makes it hard to breathe and everything um, rather than just Yikes. in death. And that, and that basically goes all the way down towards Mexico, um, into Canada and all those areas. The entire North, um, North America continent is basically just engulfed. And then you have the aftershocks, which hit everywhere else, and it's just ash everywhere. And what kills everyone is that the ash kills all the all the food and vegetation. Oh, okay. And and then it poisons the animals. And then if you try to eat the animals, they'll probably die too. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. And what would cause it to go? We we are like what is it called? Like lay people? We don't really yeah. know a lot about a lot of things. Well, well, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm no geologist or or, or volcanoist, whatever you call them. You know more than we do. Yeah, but yeah like I'm learning yeah. a lot today. Um, so I, I don't. I, it basically the same functions as um, a regular um, volcano. My problem is is that um, it, it's like it, it's, at this point I think you know if something bad happens, okay, okay. and we should just totally just be on another planet yeah, by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that why they're trying to? Get well, yeah. Well, 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 well Elon Musk wants to be like a multi multi planet species because at one point. <laughs> Well, well, it's because at one point the sun is going to expand and it will engulf the earth or, or at least the heat, the heat waves yeah. will engulf the earth. And so Mars will be able to basically sustain life because it'll now have that warmth that, uh, oh, okay. that we have here. Yeah. So it's, it's like going to yeah. go out one, mm-hmm. uh, of the solar system. Yeah. <laughs> Ours is no more. And you just kind yes, of move down yeah. the block a little yeah, bit. But the problem is, is that, is that Mars, <laughs> the problem is like Mars, once that's engulfed, it's done. It's stuck um, because, because, because you can't, because every other planet except for Pluto is a gas planet. And the unless, last planet on the block. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and, and unless, unless we're trying to like, do Star Wars where we build Cloud City in the middle of Jupiter, um, then it's not going to matter. <laughs> what oh, we damn. do. You know, right? It's like doomsday, right? Basically. Yeah. What is this podcast? Well, I know. Huh? I'm like, doomsday. Oh. Doomsday with Drake. So the next episode is going to be like Doomsday prepping. Yeah. Like, yeah. Get your bunkers ready. Prepare for it now. You know what? If there's ever a zombie apocalypse, and, and I hope people get ready for that, you know, I just put, I'm not even going to try and survive. I'm just going to put a ball in my head and be like, I'm done. Like, 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 like why would I try and run that much? <laughs> like, I don't like running. Well, yeah, yeah, well, 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 like Alex Russo is totally the vibe. Um, like I saw on TikTok. Um, whereas like, um, moments where I vibe with, um, Alex Russo and it was that time when she went to that wall with the angel and she's like, Qu- um, quickly, um, cover your eyes and just run in and, sh- and, and Alex was like, I don't run. I'm like, that's me. That's funny. That, that, that is who I became. Yes. That's pretty funny. Oh man. Um, so well, I do want to circle back to yeah. just kind of get to know you a little oh, bit more. Better. Um, what kind of inspired you to run for governor? Are your parents political? Yeah, so growing up, um, since like I was around 11 years old, um, politics was pretty big in my house. Um, the news was always playing. My mom used to be a lobbyist in DC and Sacramento. Um, and so, um, so politics was always just discussed in my house. And I was like, I kind of like this. This was really fun. Most kids were playing like with Pokemon cards. I was just like, did you guys hear what happened in Libya? And, I, <laughs> and so, I know, and people were like, 
who who cares? What? <laughs> uh, I found it so fun. So I pursued that. Like everything I've done since middle school through high school and even college has been leading up to build a career in politics because I've always enjoyed it so much. Cool. So I've known from a young age what I wanted to do. Um, obviously, my parents and I have quite differing opinions on politics. Uh-huh. They are much more uh, laissez-faire, free market, <laughs> and all that stuff. I'm more like let's let's actually tax the people who are stealing from us. <laughs> like like yeah. like like when you have like these giant billionaires who are not paying a single thing for three years, like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, um, SpaceX, Amazon. Those companies um, were the most profitable companies in in the United States. Zero in income. Yeah, but and, we pay more taxes. Yeah, we, than, we pay more yeah. taxes than them, and, well, and, and that's, that's yeah. yeah. And that's my yeah. that's my biggest problem. It's like you could have just taxed them ten percent, and they'd still have over a hundred billion dollars to yeah. to them. Yeah. Or even Apple, like even yeah. Apple, um, they're a trillion dollar company. Trillion. They're a trillion dollar company. It's a lot of zeros. I know. <laughs> yeah. but no, we can't tax them yeah. because he, because they provide jobs to the community. That's what a company does. Yeah. What what is providing jobs now a tax write off? No, it's the income that we need, not the jobs. I mean, yes, jobs are good, obviously, yeah. but it's like we're here to collect the revenue. We're not here to collect how many people you are employing, and that's my biggest problem um, with that. But. Yeah, so I've been interested in politics for the longest time, and I think what inspired me to run was I was just kind of had it. Like, um, it, like I don't like Newsom as it is. I say vote no on the recall because anything's better than a Republican. But, um, but I think that it's my opinion that if he does get recalled, yeah. you might as well actually replace him with a progressive who's not bought by any interest, um, who is actually like. Um, who experiences the struggles and everything um, that everyday people experience. Like, the difference between the mindset of Newsom and me is that Newsom shut down all the public schools, no no in-person um, learning, mm-hmm. but his kids still got in-person teaching because they're private schooled. Mm-hmm. They're privately schooled. Mm-hmm. Um, he shut down all the restaurants, still taxed them. Many of them are not business because when the government shuts down a business and then expects taxes and you can't pay it, Obviously, it's cheaper just to go out of business. Um, well, he still went to restaurants, and, and he apologized for it, which I'm like, thank you. But the problem is, is that you still did it. Mm-hmm. It's the mindset, like, oh, the, pl- the laws apply to you, not to me. And so, and and so, I think what would be like refreshing is anything I pass, any policies that I'm going to support will not just affect you, but they're gonna affect me as well because I'm not because I'm I'm not I don't have any special advantages that everyone else has. Um, I'm, I'm not going, and, and that's the funny thing. If someone breaks those um, um, rules, that, like if they're a politician in Sacramento, I'm, I'm just going to ride their ass on it. I, I'd be like, oh, oh, this person's a liar and a douchebag. Recall them, get rid of them. <laughs> like, like, like um, um, there was, a can- I'm not going to say exactly which one it is, but, but they'll know if they ever hear the podcast. Um, th- th- there was this candidate who ran on environmental issues in a district and they got into um, Sacramento, and then um, they started passing a lot of um, pro fossil fuel stuff. And then we, and then when you looked in deeper, uh, they had uh, campaign donations from these giant uh, fossil fuels. I think it was like twenty thousand dollars. I'm like, 
okay, shocker. Yeah. I'm like, and if I was in office, I would not actually be afraid to call them out on that. Like, this dude took money, he lied to your face, kicked them out of office next go around yeah. because he will do it again. And oh, well, I already revealed the agenda. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but. But yeah, it, it, I I'm just I guess sort of tired of these sort sort of uh, people who think that the law applies to thee, not to me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. I want to break their kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Do you? So you're in college right now. Yes. And um, what year are you in? I'm a junior. You're a junior. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I go to Cal Poly uh, San Luis Obispo. Oh, cool. And um, actually, my degree is government and policy making. That's my concentration. I love it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, I know what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. On, yeah, on brand. <laughs> yeah, basically, right, right. And, oh, actually, there was this woman, um, and, and she and I actually came to a common ground. It was really funny because she started out pretty hostile with me. Sorry, not she. They. Sorry, I, I try okay. my best. Yeah. I try my best. Sometimes I just met them yesterday, <laughs> so it, it, was, it was quite the interesting first reaction. But ah, oh, where is it? Yeah. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. It was. All right. Wait. Oh. Oh no! Is it already taken down? Is it a story like a? Yeah. Oh, okay. Here we go. Okay, so before you got, because I see the faces, yes. So I, I anyone um, who I tend to see like with good intentions, yeah. um, like that teacher, mm -hmm. not good intentions, right. I already tell they were a douche. This person had their own opinions and I knew that, that they, that obviously it was good intentions behind it um, because I could tell um, by the language she was using, like right. white privilege, I knew right. where she was coming from. Yeah. So I responded with, um, so I responded with, um, you, sorry. So I, I responded with, you can vote no and still fill in a second option. I will say this, while I may be a white male and I do have inherent privileges within society, I can recognize that. Every other candidate put forward is detrimental to the greater picture of a progressive society. While I'm not opposed to supporting a qualified candidate over myself for the second option, the qualified candidates that do exist are all talk, no action, or simply don't hold policies that can stand up to scrutiny. Like, I like Joel Ventresca, but the problem is many of his ideas are talking points without an actual structure of how to lay and implement the foundations necessary for the policies to work. Like, I understand your hesitation, but I still stand for racial, social, economic, and environmental justice. If I can utilize my privilege to help those um, who the system has wronged, I will. I just felt I should explain at least where I'm coming from. Thanks. And here's what she said with that. Um, and but, but then I also decided to defend some other people because she was wondering because like um, there were people like um, Holly Beatty um, who's like really nice. It's like looks promising. Put nothing in her fucking bio. Are you stupid? Yeah. So, so, so uh, well, I decided to. Um, well, see, a lot of people don't know this. I, a lot of people don't know this. It's twenty five dollars a word. 
Oh. Twenty-five dollars oh, wow. a word um, in the voter information guide. I paid five hundred twenty-five dollars for my small statement. Whoa. Yeah, and, and and see, I didn't even know it was gonna be that much. But at that point, I was like, if I have any chance at all, yeah, I need to have some sure. sort of statement. And so I let her know. I, I, um, I let them know, yeah. and they were actually quite grateful, and, <laughs> and it was pretty cool. And the caption of this one was, Gavin Newsom needs to get this young man on his staff before um, John Robert Drake takes uh, his job. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah. But, um, but, but, but listen to this, I love this. He was also kind enough to explain why some of the candidates could not put more in their bio as to what they wanted to accomplish. Apparently... There are financial hindrances. $25 a word? That's not a free government. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 I had no idea. Yeah, no. And so I, the reason why I, I, I like this person so much is because we could engage in civil discourse and, and we could acknowledge when we were wrong on certain issues. And, and I think part of criticizing um, people you disagree with, but also being able to understand when you may be misinformed is a good thing. Like I learned some things um, from them and they learned some things from me. And I think that's what we need more in politics because I actually tackled that head on. Basically got punched, punched in the chin. I, I, uh, I, I was like, uh, I was basically told, look, uh, you're unqualified because of this and this and this. But I was able to keep a level head and be like, yo, like, let's actually work this out. Let's talk and see if we can come to an understanding. And we did that. And, and, and I have mad respect for them for that. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's like, I think, you know, you could have, that could have gone a completely different way. You could have either not reacted at all. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, all of, I don't know how many viewers or whatever she has, 9, but 9,000, that's a lot of people to like, that's information that's going to be going out there to all these, I had no idea that you had to pay, and actually, I, I'm, want, I'm curious as to like, I always wonder like, well, why do you need to have like five million dollars and mm -hmm. you run these like fundraisers and stuff, I, if that's why, if they're charging like these outrageous yeah. prices. I paid, I paid around six thousand dollars in total to actually be on the ballot. Because, wow. because just to be on the ballot. Just to be on the ballot because um, you can, there's this form called SIGs in lieu, like signatures in lieu of paying the filing fee, which is around four thousand something dollars. The problem with that is that it gave us two days to get seven thousand signatures. Two days. That was all. And and, and I and I couldn't do that. Um, okay. I think I think most no one except Larry Elder. Um, uh, could, could get that. so many of them actually had to pay all these giant fees and so what happened was is that you initially had like a field of like 80 something candidates and it took out half of them because because the system is basically set up to the point where you need money in order to do it i'm grateful i have supporters who are giving me money i'm grateful that i had savings um from when i when i was working um and and that helped me actually get pushed through but i've really learned how much of a hindrance it is to actually run for public office and that's that's not just on the on the statewide level that's for local stuff too and and and, and it's absolutely crazy on how many things you uh, how many hindrances there are to actually run for office i was actually i've actually been invited to speak at some college in pasadena about getting young people out into the fray, into um, running for office, um, because uh, one of the professors saw I was like on the ballot, and they're like, "This person doesn't look any more, that much older for my name, my students." Uh, so I got a call on my um, on my hotline, and, and uh, she was like, "I would love for you to um, 
just join um, my class and, and tell them how you did it, the paperwork. I was like, sure, no problem. Like, if it inspires someone to do it, let, I'll help them all the way. I actually um, have someone, um, I think from Delano, Delano, California, who reached out to me and wants to run for public office. And I told them how to get Starbucks. I learned everything by myself. I learned how to get, um, I learned how to get, uh, what do you call it? Oh, I learned how to get a web address all by myself. I learned how to um, get, create a website builder and how to connect the two so that, so that uh, my link actually connects onto the website. I had to learn all that by myself. I had, I had no help. And, and, and if I wanted help, I'd have to pay like a lot of money. Oh, so yeah. I learned all this by myself. Yeah. And oh, it was actually the craziest thing. My website actually crashed. Um, because, oh. because like 15,000 people decided to get in, onto the website at once. Oh, and, 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 and no one told me this. No, no one told me. I got one message about this on Instagram. Like, hey, your link isn't working. I'm like, what do you mean? And so I go to it and, and, and it was just offline. So I had to go um, um, to the website, like the management of it. I was like, oh, it crashed. <laughs> and it was, off the web, it, was, it was offline for like 12 hours and no one told me. Oh no! <laughs> like literally, my number was right there. Someone could have just called me, and be like, "Hey, the website isn't working." <laughs> well, that's kind of um. I mean, that's kind of amazing. Twelve thousand yeah. viewers. Do you? So, how are you marketing? And how are you like? So my marketing is actually from like a lot of separate independent people um, who have come across my stuff and they think it's hilarious or, or they like it a lot and then they share it to other people. So um so. I initially created my Twitter um, in, uh, I think, June. Yeah, in June. And I, and I started tweeting like my opinions on like a lot of things and as well as making some jokes um, like, um, if the only thing I'm sucking on Christmas is a candy cane, I don't want it. Um, as just a joke and, and that sort of blew up and I was like, okay, so, so this is what people, so people want humor as well as policy. I'm like, that's no problem. That's basically who I am. I'm pretty chill. <laughs> so, um, so, so like I, I did a trip through the Midwest and I was like, um, I'm not saying I got lucky last night, but Southern boys, hard eyes. Um, uh, uh, and, <laughs> and it was just a joke, but, but that got, that got like 400 likes in like about an hour or so. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, so, so this is no problem. I know what to do with this. And then, and so then I started creating meme merch, um, which was like the submissive and breedable, um, cat boy. <laughs> And and that has blown up. A lot of people are buying that T-shirt for fifty. It's it's fifty bucks because again I'm completely self-funded, yeah. so I need however much money I can get. So when I run in twenty, so when I run in twenty twenty two, I still have um, some financial capabilities to actually be, be on the ballot again. Um, and so people have been spreading that around. That's gotten the name out um, even more. More people are joining in the conversation, being like, I'm so glad um, that you're running. I didn't know you were running. I just found out you're running after I submitted my ballot. I'm upset. Um, I, I, a few people, a few people um, actually registered to vote because of me. Nice. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, as long as they participate in their civic duty, I said activate. Well, as long as they participate in their civic duty, I'm happy for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's just been a lot of independent um, people on Twitter, um, Instagram, or even mainly TikTok who have just spread the campaign everywhere. Awesome. And, and, and I love seeing those videos when, I, when I'm scrolling, like, oh my God. And, and um, actually, uh, I, I hate it because I act like such a capitalist when it comes to this part. Like I, if someone buys the t-shirt because it's a limited edition, I'm like, 
if you if you tip twenty dollars, I'll sign it personally. <laughs> I've awesome. gotten a few takes, but I'm like, oh my god, I hate doing that. Um, but I'm actually because a lot, there's such a huge demand for it, but it's also very unaffordable. I'm actually creating um, a new version of that that's gonna be much cheaper for the regular population, just because I, I obviously. If my campaign represents the people, it has to be affordable to the people. Yeah. I can't. I can't just be like, "Here's a two hundred dollar T-shirt." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah. uh, that's another thing. Everyone's texting me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, are you because of all the stuff with like Twitter and all that? Mm-hmm. Are you getting more? You're starting to get more like yeah. for actual news. Yeah. Publications so, and- so um, the lead reporter for ABC Seven in the Bay Area, she reached out to me and and wanted an interview, um, but it was a bit late because she had already done everything else. So she did um, a Twitter thread instead, um, which I'm like, oh, that's not the worst thing because my main, um, like everything I'm doing is basically on social media. So it was much easier for me um, to be able to like share that and get the word out. But um, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing is I need to like get on to actual news television at this point. Because if I'm going to reach an even bigger audience, people still watch like CNN, they still watch um, Fox, um, like 11, like global Fox stations because those are at least not tainted. Um, and, um, and, so, and so I need to get, be able to get out into that. But I don't think I've made quite the headway yet because there's just such a huge pool of candidates yeah. that I've sort of, even though I'm the youngest, I've sort of fallen out of sight. Like Bill Maher um, actually did a segment um, where he was talking about the recall. He's like, the youngest you need to be um, in gov- um, to be governor of California is 18 years old. I'm like, that would be a great segue to talk about me. That would be a great segue if <laughs> you had known. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm like, oh, shoot. He talked about Kevin Prathrath, um, who's like 29. I'm like, oh, what? Are- also, here's, a- here's another thing. What a stupid last name, right? <laughs> but like, imagine this. Governor Prathrath, Governor Drake. Right? Governor Drake sounds pretty legit. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Does. I'm not, I'm not, or, or Governor Cox. Okay, okay, thank you. Like, n- not only are you a laughing stock, but your name is hilarious, and I hate that. And I hate that. <laughs> and then Faulkner, too long. Drake. One, One syllable. syllable. And it's basically like the rapper. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah, just like not, we don't we don't want Drake to actually be the governor. Oh God, no, we no. have enough yeah, God, celebrities no, ready. Yeah, no, no. It, it, like, like if I if I had to choose between electing a celebrity and electing and electing someone who was actually more just like even if it was one of you two, um, if if I trusted that you would actually defend my interests, yeah. I, I would yeah. rather put a shotgun in my mouth and pull the trigger with my toes. I would not vote for a celebrity ever. Because I saw what it did in 2016, and I was not gonna let that happen again. Yeah. Oh God, Caitlyn Jenner. If I, my entire goal in this entire thing is to at least get more votes than Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> because if I get less votes than someone who killed two people, then I'm gonna lose my crap. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind. At least you're going to school for yeah. what you're yes. running for. like. I work in healthcare. I would never get hired if I didn't go to school to do what I do. Mm-hmm. Like that's the crazy part. Like why is it that in jobs in politics don't require, you know, the same standards of hiring like and yeah. fil- matching a job description. Yeah. Like my CV gets totally critiqued against the job description that I am applying for, right? Yeah. Well, well, actually that makes uh, you make a really good point. In order to be a Supreme Court of the United States, there are no qualifications at all. No requirements, I mean. There's no requirements. You don't even have to be a citizen of the United States. 
Did you know that? I didn't know it, that. It's the one office in, in the entire federal government of the United States, um, the biggest national office that has zero qualifications to be a part of it. it Vladimir Putin could be nominated. And, and if enough it's people and if enough people um, in the Senate were like, yeah, why not? He could be on the Supreme Court. <laughs> that, that's a literal fact. There, there, there's no citizenship requirement. There's nothing of, for that. And it's like, know that. okay, I'm so glad to know that. Um, the most that the that literally the most powerful um, branch and the highest office in in the entire country. You don't need any qualifications. No no background in law. No background as a judge. No background in anything. You I you, I could take a homeless man off the street. Um, um, who's talking to himself? Nominate him. And 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 if the Senate thought it was meme worthy and thought it was hilarious, and they passed him, he'd be on the court for life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's really frustrating. Because, yeah, because, because politics, I, the idea of politics is that average people are supposed to be able to do it. Mm. The problem is, is that it's, it's not doesn't tend to translate that way. That that either the um, those who are looking to financially um, um, gain from the office or or um, get more power, um, it, they tend to usually go for there. Um, or or it's people like me who who want to actually do like a lot of good who study um, the topic for years and years um, but then it just becomes so much harder because then they change all the requirements and the restrictions but like literally I think it was like an, a day before we were supposed to start filing paperwork to be governor um, and, and everything the state assembly changed all the election rules they changed all of it in order in order to benefit Newsom and I'm like I, I don't like the guy but now I, now I absolutely hate him <laughs> <laughs> but still, I hate him less than Republicans. Yeah. But I'm like, oh god, he's sort of a yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's so low that somehow Republicans are man, so stick underneath. At least he's like, I mean, uh, I, I like him. Like trying like to protect public good yeah. for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Like, yeah. The reason why I like Houston so much is because literally Texas and Florida hate him so much that I kind of like it's like a, a badge of honor for me. It's like it's like. That's right. Everything you hate, I love. <laughs> so I, like, again, lay person, I work in research and, and medicine, mm-hmm. and we do this on, I do this on the side with Mel, and, you know, I don't know a lot about government and politics, but I did hear that the, you know, uh, I guess the number one, like, Republican that would possibly mm-hmm. fill the position if Newsom lost doesn't believe in COVID. Is yeah. That so true? so Larry Elder. Okay. First of all, he's if, if somehow he gets elected, he's literally everything that California is. Like imagine being an anti-vax, pro-gun, um, pro-Trump um, governor um, in California. It's so typical. No. Um, he's no. Literally, he's literally the exact opposite of what Californians want. Um, he he um, doesn't believe in mask mandates, vaccine mandates. Um, he doesn't believe in gun control. Um, he. The, the thing I'm glad he sort of switched on was that he used to think that um, uh, the election was rigged in 2020. He's actually gone back from that, and he said Biden won fairly. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't that doesn't save you, but at least you acknowledged it. Getting more towards like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, that's the one sane thing of all the billion things he's insane about. But um, but but yeah, no, um, he is the front runner, and that's the that like I would rather have Kevin Faulkner. Um, just because he actually did things in San Diego to actually end homelessness. But Larry Elder, I think he's actually doing worse, like, right now, currently, because mm-hmm. it came out that he brandished a weapon at his wife. Whoa. I, I read that. Yeah. 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 And 
Uh, and people wonder why we want gun control. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. just... Do you think he's kind of, like, just because he has the most money to be able to put into his campaign? Well, well it's, it's... Yeah, he has, like, a lot of money from everything. But I think what it really is, is that for decades, um, he was sort of held as the token black person in the, in the Republican Party. Because um, he's staunchly conservative. He's African-American. Um, he's so pro-gun, um, um, pro-life, all this and that. Um, and so and so, he's had his own radio station. The right's given him such a huge voice in there that at this point, not only is his name recognizable, but then they can sort of be like, well, see, now you can't call us racist. But it's like you're using him for an exactly racist person, uh, um, for an exactly racist reason. You're using him as a token so you, can, so you can't be called racist. And I'm like, okay, like... That that yeah. you can't have it both ways. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It's it's very it's very ironic. Yeah, it's very ironic. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Now, like like I I was listening like people like Candace Owens, people like um, Larry Elder, um, something Stovall. I'm forgetting his lap first name. Something Stovall. Um, my biggest problem with them when it comes to um, them speaking out um, against. Uh, like social economics and things is that they're coming from a point where they were given specific individual opportunities that allowed them to um, obtain a bunch of wealth and status within society and then they're basically painting the entire canvas as uh, or the entire community as because we were offered these individual opportunities there's no reason why the black community can't um, achieve this well, that's exactly the problem. You were offered individual opportunities that all these people were not given. White people, um, and even and and even the Asian community have structural um, balances in place that allows them that even if they're not offered individual opportunities, they can still achieve success. Latinos are, are building that right now, but Black people are sort of st- or, or um, African Americans are still sort of stuck in that loop where where they can't even build a, stru- um, a, a structural mechanism that would allow them to achieve success mm-hmm. without individual opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so, by using these Black voices uh, to basically tear down Black community and be like, "Well, we did it. Why can't they do it?" It's because they're lazy. Mm-hmm. I, it actually does a whole lot more to hurt the community because mm-hmm. it actually takes away resources. Um, when politicians believe that, it, they take resources away from from these um, communities because they think that they're actually reaching off the system when that's simply not the case. Like, I used to actually be um, uh, against critical race theory because that was the narrative I bought mm-hmm. that, um, that oh, um, America, all, all Americans start off on, the, on an equal playing field. Mm-hmm. When, but when I got into college, um, well, even, even towards the end of high school, but mainly in college because I did um, sociology, I, I did eth- um, ethnic and racial studies and all that stuff. I was like, wow, they actually don't start off on an equal footing. Mm-hmm. It's much harder for them to actually do things. And, and, and the reason why I promote critical race theory is because it, in and of itself, theory does not teach like oppressor versus oppressed. You are inherently racist because you're white. Certain people teach it that way, mm-hmm. but that's not the theory itself. The theory itself basically talks about... Um, uh, the theory itself basically talks about um, why communities of color may be sort of stuck in this continuous um, it, um, cycle of regression and why they're unable to move out of it. And it's basically because in times um, when they should have been building generational wealth, when they should have been building structures that would allow them to survive in a modern world, they were um, kept from doing that. And part of that was through redlining, which kept commercial, political, and social institutions out of these communities. Mm-hmm. And that now, even though that institution no longer exists, 
that still translates because those institutions don't exist. On um, the things that they need to survive the modern world, they aren't there. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I, I took a class. I did like a post-bac at UCLA to do all these pre-med prerequisites. One of them, I had to take an elective, or I chose to take an elective. It was like the history of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it went through our entire history, predating California even being a state, oh, wow. right? All this stuff. And I learned a lot. Um, you know, even there's just like so many problematic things. Um, one of them was just, it always stuck out to me was that they had these racial covenants in, um, even selling houses where people were, um, they were forbidden from selling homes to African-Americans. And then once even that I believe was no longer a law in place, it became like a covenant, like seller to seller. It was like mm-hmm. written into, if I sell you or if I sell yeah, my you house. you can't sell to a black person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I heard about that, that actually a black couple, um, or was it Hispanic? I don't know. But, but they came across one of those and they actually had to um, go to court to have it reversed yeah. or whatever. Was that uh, that long ago? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. That, that, and, and you actually see um, um, the, the racial injustice that actually exists um, in, in um, Los Angeles um, through the infrastructure. You have a giant highway that literally separates the communities. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have minorities and, uh, and, and communities of color living on one side, mm-hmm. and then you have an entire white community, yeah. all developed and everything. Yeah. And it's like, that's what we have to, to discuss. That's what we have to basically talk about. That that the reason why these communities are so underdeveloped, the reason why there's a lot of crime, the reason why there's a lot of systemic poverty is because even though the institutions um, that once existed are no longer there, the ramifications of those even existing continue to persist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and I wish, I wish, because I go to a church um, that, um, and, and, and I swear to God, I just go there for the memes now because I like to feel the cringe when they talk. Because, like, like there was this dude there today um, who's talking about like, um, it was. It, it was talking about. He was a black pastor talking about critical race theory and, and and how it's evil and things. We're all made in the image of God. Like no one's denying that. Like like no one's denying that we all bleed red. It's just that that we're saying that structural inequities do exist because of institutions that once existed. But no one wants to hear that. And I and I want and I want to be able to have these people understand that. And, and my, my mom actually understands it now because I, it took me forever. Mm-hmm. It took me forever um, um, because, because she, she um, uh, grew up in an integrated um, um, school system. Um, she, uh, she was never she was always taught to respect people because um, uh, my mom's side of the family uh, they're Greek, mm-hmm. and so and so they were treated terribly when they came mm-hmm. here, and so they grew up with, um, um, with minorities as it was. They were treated like minorities too, and so and so my mom growing up, she, she was, uh, she, she never she she's like one of the least racist people I've ever known. But but, um, but she the reason why it was so hard for her to, to grasp it was because she was like I've never been racist though. Mm-hmm. I, I I love all these people. But it's like you you do benefit from the system though, mm-hmm. and, and 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 you have to understand like why it is that these people are stuck behind. And and, and I was able to finally explain it to her like after a few months of just edging her with it, just being like. Uh, um, having these small conversations mm-hmm. that burst out every once in a while. Sometimes it would get sort of tense, but then we'd sort of calm down, and then she'd be like, "Well, uh, w- what can I do about it then?" Uh, um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, the, "The thing you just have to do is, right now is acknowledge it. It's up to my generation to fix it. Um, the thing you guys have to do is you just have to acknowledge that it exists, so you guys yeah. stop fighting against it. Yeah, like <laughs> stop standing in the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, 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 let us fix it." 
And you, ju- you just have to like, like stand this up. This is a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was actually um, recently on Twitter asked about, I think it was ADOS, like um, about um, it's, I guess, African-American reparations. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm being completely honest, I don't know much about that sort of stuff. So I, I, I did, like, my whole thing is to answer people honestly. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know too much about this exact um, uh, issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't speak on behalf of what um, African-Americans in California want in terms of reparations, but I'm willing to listen to it. Yeah. And, and, and that's a sort of dialogue you would not hear from older people because, because they, they will either um, think that you're crazy mm-hmm. or, um, or they themselves are racist and they th- and they don't want and they, and they don't want to make any of that sort of triumph in that. Right. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. So to, maybe to pivot a little bit, if I if I may, um, I've heard you kind of touch on uh, sort of our mission really with this oh. podcast, and I I wanted to say it earlier because it was just so perfectly said, and I won't be able to recreate it, but it's this idea of having these conversations, like mm-hmm. even like the example Discourse. with your mom. Yeah, like that was the entire purpose of what we're doing here. Like mm-hmm. this idea of having open-hearted, open-minded conversations. Like I knew nothing about what you were going to say today, really, yeah. to be honest. Okay. And I feel like this is great. Like I'm learning so much. And like even if even if I had different opinions from you, like to be able to like listen mm-hmm. is just so like there's so much growth in that. And I don't yeah. know if, if we could just spread that message more it would be amazing yeah no i I agree with you polarization is huge nowadays like every side it's no longer between it's no longer idea versus idea it's it's good versus evil at this Mm -hmm. point Uh, because that's what the narrative has turned into Mm -hmm. that this side is completely evil no matter what they no matter what they do so we have to do the exact opposite even even if you in your heart know what they support is correct like my biggest issue is that I do have supporters mm-hmm. um, um, who think the United States is this giant, like the United States is an imperialist power, mm-hmm. but um, they are willing to back even the Cuban regime because the United States is willing to back the, um, the Cuban people. And and and, be, and, and the, the problem is, is that the Cuban people don't want the regime in power anymore because it's hurt them so mm-hmm. much. And, 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 and I think because that polarization is so um, big, especially on both sides now, is that you can't find that fine line between um, what you can unify under, um, yeah. such, such as human rights. Um, you, you now have to discuss, well, what is human, um, human rights at this point? It's like, how about, <laughs> like, it's like, how about we just acknowledge that people should be able to live freely in their society without fear of death, yeah. right? Right? How about that? <laughs> well, like, um, like, um, Liberals are like super excited with Biden pulling out of um, of um, Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, they they're super excited about. It. I'm even happy about it. But even neocons um, who, um, who for the longest time were like uh, Afghanistan was a failed cause. Um, um, we we should have never gone there. We should pull out. Like this was, was under the Trump administration where um, where they're like we, we should just just leave. Biden pulls out, and they, they're like, they how dare, how yeah. dare he pull out? We should be there for he another 20 years. what Trump said we would do, right? Yeah. Isn't that yeah. the whole point? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, I Biden know. could have done it better. Biden could have done it sure, better. But, um, but, um, um, but in terms of doing what Americans wanted done for the longest time, now they're railing against it. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, that's cringe. It's not about, yeah, it's. I agree. But I will say this, actually, I, you know, I read a lot about what, you know, from the perspective of 
well, I'm hoping, of Afghanistan, uh, women yeah. in Afghanistan. And yes. they are saying, no, these last 20 years have been incredible for us. Like, I, yes. I, I can't speak for them, but it's just, I was reading about one, I think she was a a mayor in Afghanistan, and, mm-hmm. and it was a bunch of uh, her quotes. And, um, you know, she was talking about how much progress that, that, you know, she's able to do what she's done in the last 20 years and, you know, fearing that it's going to change, right? Yeah. Well, the, that fear does exist because when you have militant Islam um, to, yeah. using the Quran to justify absolute hate and intolerance, um, which even some Christians in the United States um, would want done, um, I, I, it, it is definitely a huge concern. Yeah. Um, Trump's original plan, which I actually agreed with, mm-hmm. was that he allowed the Taliban to control a certain province of Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and in, in return, they would not attack the Afghan, um, um, the Afghan um, government mm-hmm. um, or any of their provinces, mm-hmm. and they would assist the United States um, in defending their interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I was like, okay, uh, th- 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 that's good. I, I actually enjoy that. Th- that that sort of works out. Seems for like contained. Yeah, yeah, it seems <laughs> contained. What Biden then retroactively did. Well, which which is one reason why the whole situation turned to absolute mm. shit mm-hmm. was that he then when he came into office he declared the Taliban an enemy he attacked mm-hmm. them and then left mm-hmm. that basically destroyed the entire deal that, that existed between all yeah. three sides yeah. and so then they marched into Afghanistan and at that point um, because it, it would actually cost Afghanis a lot more um, lives and and tons of money for them that they just don't have in a long drawn out war that they're tired of fighting the Afghan military just said we're not going to fight it um, we're just going to leave and then the problem was was that Biden didn't really have a situation didn't have a plan in place mm-hmm. to be able to extract all the weapons that were there didn't have a plan he just came out and said well how can we fight for the, for a, a country that's not willing to fight for itself? That's not exactly the point <laughs> at, at that point. I get it. Uh, I don't think we should be wasting American tax dollars and American lives on a country that's not willing to defend itself. But at the same time, we should have had a system in place to defend our allies who were there. Mm-hmm. Because there's over 100,000 people um, um, in Afghanistan um, that are either Americans um, or or were assisting the United States yeah. in their operations, and now, and now they are targeted. Have targets. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and and not just that, you now have religious minorities like the Christians um, yeah. um, in um, in, yeah. in the provinces, yeah. um, which are now being threatened. I think it was the Taliban leader, I can't remember his name. He said, "We're coming for you," and um, women. I, one, they're obviously being forced to yeah. um, be yeah. back in the corner, yeah. shut up, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, no education, is, no work. Yeah. Although I saw something yeah, that a spokesperson the, tried to say that they're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, the spokesperson for the Taliban um, said that uh, women will be allowed to continue and pursue educational opportunities, but they have to abide um, by um, uh, religious standards in terms mm-hmm. of how they're going to dress and, and the sort of fields they can go into. They can't be doctors, but they can be nurses. Which in and of itself is sexist. So I'm Which trying to go to medical school. I my family's uh, half my family's from Egypt. So mm-hmm. they actually left um, Christian. Uh, the, sorry, let me back up. So my family is uh, Egyptian Coptic Christian, oh, and nice. they are minorities in Egypt. Part of why they no longer wanted to remain there is because of that. Um, yeah. In, if you're Christian in a Muslim country, I mean, it wasn't always Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're a Christian in a Muslim country, you are now persecuted. And yes. so, um, but also, like, I mean, 
I I write about this in a lot of my essays, right? Like I want to be a doctor as an Egyptian American woman because it's not really presented as an option. Mm -hmm. And it just, it really breaks my heart to to hear that, that that is specifically what they're being told now that they cannot do. Yeah, they can be nurses and and, and retroactively men cannot be nurses. Uh, Because they see it as a strictly female thing, which is the weirdest thing considering men for the longest time were nurses. Anyway, this is so yeah. I, it, it's so backwards. Um, yeah. and, and that's my biggest problem when it came to, when it comes to US foreign policy is that we tend to hurt more than we help. So like in Libya, we were so concerned about spreading freedom and democracy in Libya that we toppled Muammar Gaddafi, who, yes, was a dictator. But the problem um, was that he stabilized the region. Mm-hmm. Women had more protected rights um, in Libya back then than they do now. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Bashar, uh, uh, same thing with Bashar al-Assad in Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Assad, yes, did an unforgivable thing by gassing his citizens, um, it, no one can no one can forgive that. He uh, he did have um, stringent protections for um, minority groups like Christians, mm-hmm. Jews, mm-hmm. and women. And, and said that they were to be treated the same exact as any other citizen. He, he, um, uh, the Assad family specifically made it so that Syria was under a secular constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, quote unquote, willed in by Allah. Um, but, but the courts were not going to be Sharia courts. Mm-hmm. A woman's word um, mattered just as much as a man's word. Yeah. And, and so when we come in into these countries trying to spread freedom and democracy, Sometimes our perception of freedom is much different from what they would consider freedom. So like, it, like take Liberia, for instance, compared to the United States. In Liberia, where you, have, um, where you have civil war all the time, cannibalism, child soldiers, um, droughts, famines, AIDS epidemics, and all, um, and, and all these other sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, for them, having this idea of democracy, like being able to say what, what's on your mind, isn't as important as knowing whether or not you can feed your child the next day, mm-hmm. knowing whether or not you will be able to survive. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the United States needs to sort of incorporate that into its foreign mm-hmm. policy, that what we may perceive as an injustice um, here in the United States does not directly correlate to that in another country. Right. Because objectively, even in Iraq under Saddam Hussein, yes, he was a dictator. We know he was a dictator. He tortured his he tortured his citizens. He killed them, um, uh, massively executed many of them. But he not only did he keep the region together, but he was also very protective of again women's rights and minorities' rights because w- what these people believe in yeah. is loyalty to the nth degree. It's not so much about religion with these mm-hmm. dictators. It's about who's going to be loyal, mm-hmm. who's going to be loyal to me, who's going to fight for me, and who's going to die for me. Mm-hmm. And and you had many Syrian Christians. Like um uh like I have a friend um actually her entire family is from Syria they fled because of the Syrian civil war they were Christians um um in in Syria I think it was not in Aleppo it was like in the outskirts of Aleppo um they are Assad supporters because um because Assad went to extra lengths to protect the Christian community out there because they were much more loyal to the Assad family because the families previously would persecute Christians. And so, and so that's what these dictators really care about is just loyalty. They don't really care about religion at all. Mm-hmm. Like, like, they, like they're religious people right. and they do things in the name of Allah, but they don't really hold that against you. Right. I mean, it used to be under, um, uh, under um, Syrian rule that you couldn't have buildings taller than mosques. Um, um, but, um, yeah. uh, but as these sort of states, states secularize, secularize, 
you had churches that popped up that were bigger than that. You had you had giant buildings on that on that uh, sort of the towers uh, that sort of the skylines. And so I think the United States sometimes just has to step back and be like, you don't agree with this, but it's working. And more people are being protected than hurt. Like we displaced millions of people in Syria, millions of people. Compared to, I know like um, Martin Luther King said, an, an injustice um, somewhere is an injustice everywhere, but sometimes you have to look at the numbers. Yeah. And, and, and if, you, if like 6,000 people are being oppressed, and yes, that's terrible, but compared to a million people losing all their homes, their livelihoods, their lives, I think like, I think it's like 200,000 Syrians have lost their lives. I think that's more of a greater issue to discuss and try and tackle than yeah. merely transfer democracy. These people want to vote. No, they don't want to vote. I'm sorry, I hate to say it. <laughs> America just tries to make everywhere like America. Yeah, and, and Biden sort of actually um, actually um, uh, hinted at this, and one of the and Republicans were so against this because he because he said democracies um, uh, democracies. Um, What's the exact quote? I don't want to misquote him, but he was like, um, it, it is, um, we have to think about whether or not democracies can survive in the 21st century. And, and, and it was more alluding to the fact that we can't be going into, into countries and trying to give democracy where people don't want it. Because like, um, even in Afghanistan, they want quote unquote just Islam, not necessarily democracy. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, certain people are affected by that. Mm -hmm. But if the vast majority of the country wants that, but we keep going in there and creating puppet states, mm -hmm. pup puppet regimes, mm -hmm. then when we leave again, it's just going to topple. Right. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, 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 it is. I'm like, I don't know. I need like four episodes to unpack that. I know. But, well, there's so yeah. much. But I do want to circle kind of back. Yeah. Um, go, go ahead. No yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, want you to be able to get your questions in. Yeah. This has been so good. Um, kind of okay. So on the topic of like healthcare, and you were saying yes. I think earlier how you have we're so green to like politics, and actually, if you could maybe, how does the whole process work like on your like if someone's running for governor? Yeah. How does that even like how do how do you even like get to like putting these plans together for healthcare and like. Part two of this interview airs next Thursday, but if you just can't wait to hear it, join our unpopular community on Patreon for early access to all episodes, all of our resource links, and behind the scenes photos and videos. Together, let's build an online community of open-hearted humans. Visit patreon.com slash not too popular podcast and join us today.